I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. It's my check. It's my check. The podcast that Mike buys. Hello, horny babies. And welcome to Mike Check, the only podcast in known history where two hilarious comedians <laughs> <laughs> go through the entire exhaustive filmography of Saturday Night Live just to check if Mike Myers is in it. I'm Cameron James, and I'm joined by the absolutely... <laughs> Gut-bustingly hilarious Alexi Toliopoulos Well, hello there (laughs) Cameron, thank you so much for having me on this Incredibly, insatiably (laughs) Chuckle-bursting podcast (laughs) Mike Check Or as one of our friends, Kyron Suggested season two should be called Michael's Check We go through (laughs) (laughs) cinema history To check out Lorne Michael's influence on comedy Wow, that's so much better Yeah, so much better (laughs) So much better One episode in and we prove that all our friends are smarter than us (laughs) I think we got to stick with Mike Check though But we can always... Add the name Michael's Check to that long, disgusting intro that we do. Yes, so welcome to Michael's Check. It's a (laughs) podcast about Lorne Michaels and shit like that. Yeah, and it's fucking hilarious. Honestly, you're going to have a few guffaws today, so please unbuckle your pants, otherwise you're going to bust a (laughs) gut today. (laughs) If you need to go to the bathroom, please pause the podcast and go and expel yourself of waste because you will get a giggle fit that will cause you to shit your pants. <laughs> and that's not that cool. It's actually extremely uncool <laughs> to <laughs> shit your pants. To do a shit in your pants is yeah. one of the least cool things you could do. Believe me, I know. <laughs> I'm the king of cool, baby. <laughs> So, if you're new to this podcast, you may not know this, but we begun life as a Mike Myers-based podcast where we'd go through all the films of Mike Myers just to check if they're good or not, or Shagadelic, baby. Either way, we did it. Mm. And and then what? And then... We got all the way through his movies. We got all the way through his movies, except for a few that are coming out this year. Yeah. But now, as we say, we are talking about the films of SNL and its a mul- its multitude of notable alumni. Because Mike Myers is one of SNL's most hilarious exports. He is a gut buster. <laughs> he may as well be an alien from the film Alien because he's going to bust it <laughs> through your guts <laughs> and make you laugh. But uh, we, so we've moved on from Mike a little bit. He's still our main hero here. Mike is the Messiah, and this is still the Mike Czech Republic. It always was, always will be. (laughs) But we are delving deep into the world of SNL to find out if anyone else grabbed a little bit of that Mike magic while they were there in the hallowed halls. How could they not? It's (laughs) gooey stuff. Oh, so the first, uh, the first little block of films we're talking about belong to notable alumni. 
John Belushi. Last week we talked about the Blues Brothers, which is the first official mm-hmm. SNL movie ever released. And speaking of release, the movie that we're talking about this week has a few uh, projectile releases of its own. It certainly does. It certainly does. And we're going to make like Austin Powers in The Spy Who Shagged Me. We're going to go back in time a couple of years. (laughs) And we're going to be talking today about the revolutionary comedy by director John Landis called National Lampoon's Animal House. This is not... Technically, an SNL movie, but it would not exist without Saturday Night Live. Mm-hmm. Uh, it famously stars the hilarious John Belushi. <laughs> the extremely funny, incredibly sexy, and the undoubtedly cool John Belushi. Hey, before we get into Animal House, though, you know what we should do? Mm. You know what I'm talking about. It's my favorite segment. Yep. We got to do it. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a segment that we like to call... Breckenmeyer News. So Breckenmeyer News is our first segment of the day. It's where we go on news.com websites and see if Breckenmeyer has any news out there. What's Brecken been up to, baby? Well, there's a big story breaking out on cleveland.com <laughs> slash entertainment slash index. In the words of Drew Carey, Cleveland rocks. Yeah, so this is the latest story uh, about Breckenmeyer. If you look at him on Google uh, slash news.com. Um, today's top celebrity birthday list, May 7th, 2018. Uh, top celebrity birthdays on May 7th, 2018. Birthday wishes go out to Breckenmeyer, Alexander Ludwig, and all other celebrities with birthdays today. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday, Brecken, if you're listening, and all other celebrities if you have a birthday. <laughs> Happy birthday to all celebrities having a birthday today. That's from MikeRoseCleveland.com. Is Breckenmeyer from Cleveland? Why would they give him preference in that uh, list I don't, of I don't think Breckenmeyer is from Cleveland. <laughs> yeah, he's probably from Texas, dude. Probably. Hey, um, by the way, I watched Road Trip from, again recently. Yeah. And Breckenmeyer is awesome. Breckenmeyer is one of the most hilarious <laughs> actors that ever walked this earth. He's funny as piss. He's <laughs> shitting your pants may not be funny, but pissing him, boy, I'm gonna bust a gut to that. <laughs> oh my god! All right, so that's Breckenmeyer News. Oh my god! Yeah, that's an aneurysm. Bre- recognize <laughs> that's Breckenmeyer News. Let's move on to Breaking Myers News. Oh, this is the most important news uh, that we have. We have a couple of news items here in Breaking Myers Yeah, news. I think we have three big news items. One that I forgot to prep for, but is relevant because the latest film starring Mike Myers actually is out. Are you for real? In America. Terminal. Terminal is, is out in out. America. Receiving an extremely lukewarm reception. Can I just say that the name Terminal is such a gamble mm. when you have a movie that might be shit. Yeah, it's true. It's <laughs> like, tough. It's like tough. all the. It's like Spinal Tap. The reviews write themselves. Dead yeah. on arrival. Is <laughs> 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 not gonna make it. Yeah. Flatlining. There's yeah. so many options here. If you want to be a hilarious reviewer and write yeah. some funny mean shit up there on the internet, yeah, it's it's a uh, it's unfortunate because yeah. um you will get slandered if you do a bad title like that. That's yeah. why I would never do anything that could be misconstrued as um. Negative. I would only ever call shows the extremely normal show. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
Terminals out. Yeah. It's receiving yeah. middling reviews. Does this middling deter mixed. you from wanting to watch it? No way. We're going to get to see Mike Myers hammered up on the big screen again. I love that big hand bone. He's so... I just. I think he has one of the most uh, sensational charismas that's ever been put to screen. So I'm excited to see that again. He's so charismatic. This is so interesting to me. I didn't know you felt so strongly about Mike Myers. Yeah, I love him. I'm, just, I, I'm looking forward to seeing that film. Uh, we will try and get to see it ASAP and talk ASAP. about it. ASAP. Yeah. I say ASAP because I don't have the time to say the letters individually. Well, I'm the kind of guy that likes to stop and smell the roses. So mm. I'll take my time with a sentence. I'll really sink my teeth into it like a beautiful rose as I walk <laughs> down the streets. <laughs> Excellent stuff. So Terminal that's is out. Story one. Terminal is out. We are trying to get um, our way to a screening of it. Yeah, there was one in Queensland, which is approximately um, fourteen hours from where we live. Yeah, walking distance. Walking distance. <laughs> yeah, walking distance. <laughs> we will be trying to make it there. We're we'll trying try and stroll up to that screening. And you knowing me, it's going to take us at least twenty. There's a lot of roses along the way. <laughs> if anyone in Brisbane would like to. Offer to fly us up <laughs> and anywhere in the world. And uh, yeah, if you want to buy our tickets to Brisbane for Monster Fest and maybe even offer to have us curl up in your beds somewhere. We'll do a live podcast as you fall asleep. <laughs> we'll do it for you. Uh, well, let's move on to our next story in Breaking Myers News. This is... Oh boy, this is like legit breaking right now. Yeah, this is as we speak. This is as we speak. The Mike Check Republic is rumbling with excitement at the moment. The phones are going off the hook. And the reason being, overnight, a teaser was released for the brand new Queen biopic film, Bohemian Rhapsody, starring none other than our boy Mike Myers in an unspecified role. They have not yet revealed fully what Mike Myers' character is in the film yet. There are some some rumours he's playing uh, some sort of record executive I, type. You know, I've got some context cues from what I've seen in the clip, and that is that he is playing a white male? Yes. Um, we sexual be... orientation, unknown. Unknown. But sexual... <laughs> Undoubtedly, yeah. undoubtedly, undoubtedly Mike is sexual. sexual. Undoubtedly sexual. Mike is one of those performers. He leads with his mojo. He does. Should we watch the clip? Let's watch a bit of the trailer. <laughs> so this is Bohemian Rhapsody film directed by currently Dexter Fletcher. But in Hollywood, anything can happen. Mamma mia, mamma mia, mamma mia, let me go. Beelzebub has a devil put aside for me, for me. goes on forever six bloody minutes pity your wife if you think six minutes is forever that was our first taste of mike myers and they're doing a sort of like a a little Scousy, bit of a, a little english accent uh, well, uh, hello it's me i'm austin powers uncle aren't i oh you can't ask you a little question what's that mate do i make you fucking horny do i make you horny yeah do i make you horny do you make me horny do i make you randy do I? Do I make you Randy, cunt? <laughs> do I? Do I really? I, uh, we're really good at this. Honestly, I'm not going to stop for us of yet. <laughs> <laughs> we get a little bit of Mike in there playing a a, another one of these famous characters from across the pond. Mm, yes, Mike loves to 
trance across the pond and play a Brit. He loves to play a Brit. And this is a different accent for him. Yeah. We've heard him do a bunch of different accents. This is, if I'm going to be honest, closer to the accent that I thought Tommy Maitland was going to be. I would agree to that. Yes. Just a kind of dirty, pubby... I thought it was going to be this pubby thing, and especially the look of this character. We can finally discuss what he looks like in this movie. Yep. He is in makeup. Yeah, of he's course. Got, he's got a wig on. Uh-huh. Mike sort has of some of the best wig. blonde curls. He has some of the best wig work in yeah. the game. I don't know who Mike's wig guy is. But I'd love Hollywood. to know. I heard it's Kristen Wiig. <laughs> so he's got like another SNL alum. Yeah, he's got kind of a fluffy, flop, floppy hair. How would you you describe his look to me as like uh, he looks like Jeff Lynn Jeff from Lynn ELO. from ELO and the Traveling Wilburys, and I have to one hundred percent concur. Yeah, he's it looks got like mutton him. chops. Yep, a kind of tightly curled fro. He's got a beard that goes down his neck, but he also has like a kind of double chinny thing, so it doesn't look like it's any adding any definition. And, the type of sunglasses that you know were picked because whoever worked props on this film said, we need somehow to let everyone know that this is the 70s. We need to convey the 70s, <laughs> but also the kind of sunglasses that people wore inside, yeah. much like Jeff Lynne does. Very, very uh, soft-lensed uh, mm. sunnies. I think this is a actually really exciting trailer. The trailer's great. If it didn't star my favourite actor of all time, this would be the Rami Malek. Yeah, Rami Malek <laughs> and Mike Myers. Uh, I would be excited for this. I would now be excited for this I've got to be honest with you. I, I don't think I would. I think this trailer is great, mm. largely because Queen's music does the, all the heavy lifting. Yeah. It's a really great mix, sound mix of about six different Queen songs. Yeah. And it's fucking awesome. A little bit of a mashup. But I don't... Yeah, and I love mashups. I heard Girl Talk to edit <laughs> this, this trailer. Yeah. But I, I really don't go for biopics, mm. really. I think that they always make me cringe. Yeah. And I know I'll cringe during this. Yeah. Um, but having said that, I want to see Mike big time. On the I big can't screen. wait. I will be seeing this day one, midnight screening. <laughs> I'll be going to the midnight screening of this film. Oh, awesome. That's so cool. That's so Thanks, cool. man. I'm the king of cool. Isn't this crazy that when we started this podcast, all we wanted to know was when will Mike be back on our screens? Mm. And this year we have two feature films coming out starring yeah. Mike in the type of roles that we like him to be that in. We're which excited is supporting to Supporting dramatic roles. Yeah. Well, that's maybe not all for Mike. Mike uh, recently fought during the premiere of Terminal. He was stopped by an Entertainment Tonight. Journalist, oh. Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist, I'm sure, <laughs> from Entertainment Tonight, and she got an exclusive with him. Exclusive. Exclusive. Shall we listen to the clip? Yep. We are in the land of reboots now. It feels right. like everything is being rebooted. So I have to ask you, which of your iconic characters would you even consider stepping back into? Uh, I would love to do a movie from Dr. Evil's perspective. Nice. So... It would be um, Dr. Evil 1 Austin Powers 4. That's how I would roll. We could make that happen. I think that could happen. I think that could happen. We could start the campaign. Start the campaign, please. Thank you. So that's official. Mike Myers wants to bring Dr. Evil back for an Austin Powers 4 Dr. Evil 1 style movie. This is crazy because um, we predicted this. This is one of our pitches for Austin 4. It was a Dr. Evil movie they will be mainly focusing on dr evil on his rise back to evil power it's kind of like when whatever that woman's name is stephanie meyer 
wrote a fourth Twilight, but it was told from the perspective of someone else. It's kind of like that book that you love. It's kind of like that. <laughs> yeah, that fourth Twilight book that is called... Um, Midnight Moon. What's it called? <laughs> midnight Moon in the Midnight Sky. Yeah, yeah. A little boy will make you cry. <laughs> <laughs> it's um interesting though because half of my, of Austin Powers is sold from Doctor Evil's perspective mm. anyway. So what could it's just they add of, to it? It would be fli- the way I see it. It would be flipping it. Like you know how it is. It, it's even though Doctor Evil is featured for most or a lot of the Austin Powers films, mm. I think we're still following Austin's journey. Right. So I think it would be probably be more something like The Dark Knights, where it mm. really is the Joker's movie. We yeah. see him more than we see Austin Powers because not in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, something like that, or even um, uh, Black Panther. How it almost really is Killmonger, Michael B. Jordan's movie. Yeah. We should do a Michael B. Jordan check podcast. (laughs) Well, okay. Well, do you reckon that he's just saying this or do you reckon this is real? Because it it feels to me like he's on the red carpet for a movie. It feels Mm. like he's just saying anything to get terminal in the press sort of thing. Further down the line when he keeps going across to like different reporters and stuff, uh, an ET Canada reporter, I think it's... The the buzz has been building about Austin Four. She straight up just asked him about it, and then he just kind of was like, "Ah, oh, yeah, it's maybe happening. Strong possibility." And so it's like sounds like Mike's walking down the line of this red carpet <laughs> is, is coming together with Austin Powers Four. That is so funny. Yeah. He just said something as a whim at the yeah. start of the line, and then the news has already broken by the time the last. Yeah. So it's like strong possibility. <laughs> yeah. So who knows? I hope so. I- I'd love to see Mike don that iconic bald cap and scar across his eye as Dr. Evil one last time. But if we can't get a Dr. Evil feature film, I pray to the comedy gods mm. that we at least get him to appear on Jimmy Fallon a few more times. I hope Dr. Evil comes back on Jimmy Fallon again. <laughs> I think that's breaking my news. That's it. Should a lot be... of great stories there. That's that's heavy. Plus that great Be- Breckenmeyer. Uh, <laughs> Just once again, article. happy birthday to Breckenmeyer from a week and a half ago. Yeah, and to any other celebrities that had uh, <laughs> birthdays during that. Hey, time. George Lucas as well. Happy birthday. Hey, fatty birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into our feature discussion on Animal House, the latest film from John Belushi. <laughs> <laughs> This is Faber College in 1962. You know, 1962 had to be the best year of my life. I was a member of Delta Tau Chi. Animal House from 1978, directed by John Landis. This is the National Lampoon movie. It was the Deltas against the rules. The rules lost... At a 1962 college, Dean Vernon Wormer is determined to expel the entire Delta House fraternity, but those troublemakers have other plans for him. Whoa. And they have a little fun along the way. (laughs) Great synopsis. Now, Animal House, Mm. you grew up with this movie. You modelled your whole life on this movie. Not entirely 
untrue. When I saw this movie, John Belushi really blew me away in it. What? And really? I th- this more so than Blues Brothers because I grew up with Blues Brothers, watching it as a kid and stuff like mm. that. I didn't see this film until I was a right age, around sixteen, when I worked at a video store. Sweet sixteen. Sweet sixteen. My sixteenth birthday. Let me tell you, I blew up like a zit on that day as well. <laughs> uh, but I saw this movie. I'd heard about this movie. I was a bit familiar with John Belushi. I borrowed it and I watched it. And and I fell fell deeply in love with this movie back then. Wow. Been a long time since I saw it, but just it for me it was that film where John Belushi became alive and I, I got it. I knew what everyone was talking about, that about him as this dynamic performer of all time. Hmm. It's interesting because he he's not the lead of the movie. No, no, no. He's a supporting character. Yeah, and he kind of doesn't have a hell of a lot of dialogue even. Mm. He's just sort of a presence that hangs over. He's almost the mascot of the yeah. movie. Yeah, he is the presence. He's got it, That's mainly what he brings. He just brings this presence to the film. Just this Donald Glover-esque charisma. Oh, God. He was the childish Gambino. Yeah. Of his day. Yeah, of the 70s. 70s, 80s. Now, I had not seen Animal House. I can't believe you'd never seen Animal House before. Is that crazy? It is crazy to me because this feels like a film that I just can't imagine Cameron James not knowing Animal House. When you think of me, you think of a dude who, A, loves to party. Yeah, party animal. loves to get laid. Yeah, (laughs) you have a a little thing where you'd love... You're obsessed with getting I laid, I'd say. I just love it. You're obsessed. I am obsessed, I'm obsessed with, with getting laid. You're, I actually love the feeling. You love the feeling. <laughs> what else do you love about it? Um, the sounds. The sounds that it makes. <laughs> the chase. And the catch. You get the thrill of the chase. <laughs> Some people like the chase more than the catch. I like the chase and the catch equally. Yeah. A lot of people like the journey more than the destination. Yeah. But you're all about the entire experience. I like... But especially <laughs> the very end. Especially right, honestly, the end of the journey. Right when the journey's finishing and you're just about to get to the destination. When it sputters to an end. <laughs> that's my favourite part of it. Yeah. So I thought this is a movie that's all about... The Cameron James lifestyle. Yeah, I know. Partying and obsessed with getting laid. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I can't believe that you'd never seen this before. I can't believe I hadn't either. Why had you never seen it? What's your problem? It's one of those things, man, where it just gets away from you. You know, you have a few opportunities when you're younger and something doesn't quite go right or maybe the timing's not right or you're not ready. And then... Eventually, it's just too late. It's I've too heard late. that the longer you leave it, the harder it gets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you, it must be very hard for you today. Yeah, to it was watch this film rock hard. It was a very stiff experience for me to mm. watch this. But I got to say, once it was over, I felt sheer joy, <laughs> elation, elation. <laughs> you were almost el- like a weight had been lifted. From not necessarily from your... on top of me, but <laughs> underneath me. Yeah, you. Were, when I came in, you were shivering. Yeah. You were a quiver. Yeah, and I, I was basking in an afterglow. Mm. And... Is that what that was? <laughs> <laughs> it is crazy. I'd never seen it. Yeah. It's one of those ones that you know you're supposed to see. Yeah. And I've seen every other National Lampoon's movie, even the ones that are famously shit. Like, I've seen... Van Wilder to the Rise of Taj. Yeah. But I hadn't seen Animal House. I don't know if that movie's famously shit. I don't know if it's famously anything. <laughs> it's infamously nothing, I guess. Yeah. Um, I've seen 
a futile and stupid gesture, which yep. is the the Doug Kenny biopic that covers this period of his yeah. life. Uh, I've seen the documentary about National Lampoons that also covers the making of Animal yeah. House. I should have seen Animal House. Yeah. It's the godfather of gross-out comedies. It is the godfather. And I love gross-out. You love gross-out. You love to gross people out. You say, you love to to bust your zits in front of people. <laughs> <laughs> say, hey, what am I? And then you literally bust a zit. Yeah. <laughs> Let me ask you a question about Animal House. How old were you when you first saw it? 16. I told you minutes 16. ago. <laughs> and at that time, were you beginning to embrace party culture. Uh, yes, I was starting to go to my parties. I wanted to be the life of the party, yeah. not like John Belushi himself. Uh, Who ironically ended up being the death of the party. Sadly, we did lose John Belushi in Tragically, the 80s. We lost him. We lost that guy. He's gone. But... Last people to see him, Robin Williams, Robert De Niro. That's true, isn't it? Yeah. At Chateau Marmont. Yeah. And isn't that... Crazy to be a fly, not on the wall, but on the pile of blow that would have been in that room. I reckon one of the things they talked about, John Belushi must have been like, "Oh man, I'm having so much trouble um, waking up. I'm having mm. trouble awakenings." <laughs> and then they must have both heard. They go, "Hmm, that's interesting. Mm, awakenings, awakenings." Might keep that in mind for mm, for five or six years in the yeah, future, and then- do that movie with. Whoever comes in next. Now, if you were in that room mm. with Belushi, Robin, and Robert De Niro, yeah, you would not have known where to look. Alexi, oh gosh, because you—they're your three biggest heroes. <laughs> well, to, uh, Robin, I love, but I would say the other two. Are, I'd say like, they're your three biggest heroes. If, if Robin was doing Genie, sure. <laughs> <laughs> what would you have done if you were in that room with those guys? Probably, and you can't say give me some of that. <laughs> <laughs> you would have done drugs with those guys? Yeah, I would have just gone... What is it? It'd be a great story. Yeah. I was there when John Belushi <laughs> passed on to the next world. <laughs> and I was there with them. I went halfway up. So when you wanted to be the life of the party, what mm. sort of shit would you do at parties at 16 years old? Um, I'd wear sweaters that say college on it that yeah. I did buy at the time. Did you actually yeah, buy Yeah, I bought it. You bought... Like you Googled um, Animal House. Yeah, it was ugly, so I don't wear it anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I think I threw it out. (laughs) (laughs) It looked cheap. It looked cheap, but it didn't look good. I bought the sweater that he what had in the, the movie. Fuck? Yeah, Why? and I wore like no. little shorts because I was like, oh, he look- he's got those cool shorts that he's wearing and a sweater. Oh, so no. it was like once I basically did cosplay by accident <laughs> or on purpose, but no one knew the reference yet because I yeah. was the only one into old culture. <clears throat> yeah. So I was wearing that and I just looked bad for a party. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, then I'm like, I just got to be myself. Did I'll you be used John. to chug beers? Um, yeah, I chugged. But yeah. I wasn't like a big party animal. I was never like a huge drinker. Okay. I was just funny and effervescent. The, the, uh... <laughs> I was just effervescent. And be- I was like, this will translate. But I just like became full myself. Staffian figure. Just... Yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Roaming around the party, making people laugh, yeah. busting people up. Perha- perhaps playing matchmaker. Yeah, perhaps setting people up. Yeah. To fail. Did you? Oh, really? Machiavellian. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm the prince. Yeah. I read the prince. That's so cool. And so you were like, there's something about John Belushi. You touched on it last episode mm. that really spoke to you because this is a young 
ethnic man. Yeah, he's a, from Albania, yeah. which is close to Greece. Yeah, and he's uh, he's in the Western world, and yeah. the Western world have embraced him with yeah, open arms. With open arms, I just, I he has. I think one thing that we didn't touch on last time that I think is very clear in this movie is there's a unique performance style to John Belushi that I think he captures more than a lot of comedy actors do, mm. where he's able to be extremely broad, but he's got a naturalistic quality about him that keeps it really grounded. Mm. I don't, I can't think of anyone off the top of my head that does it quite like him. Can I suggest what that might be? Mm. I think it's because maybe... He's not a trained actor. <laughs> yeah, he's just it. And he's so just got he it. just is who he is. Yeah. He's not playing a character yeah. necessarily. I think Bluto is probably not much of a stretch for him to play. For Belushi. I think Bluto is him, what he would do in his most heightened moments in real life is be crazy like that. Yeah, Bluto is him behind the scenes on the Blues Brothers. I don't think it's. I don't think Bluto is him. I think he's capable of bringing Bluto out at any moment because he, that's what he finds fun and funny to do. Yeah, just be a psycho. Yeah, and he's crazy in this movie. He does that zit thing. Uh, he yells toga. He yells toga a couple of times. He chugs a whole bottle of Jack Daniels. I love that bit. That uh, that was very funny to me this time. So it'd been a few years since I'd seen it. Mm. And so I was kind of overcome and struck with like, holy shit, this <coughs> really holds up for me. I love this movie. What is your immediate first reaction to seeing this film for the very first time? It's so impossible to watch it without knowing everything about it. Because yeah. I already know everything about this movie. Because it's such a cultural landmark. It's a landmark. It's iconic. It's been parodied and referenced in everything. Everything from mm. Futurama to American Pie, mm. The Naked Mile. Yeah. <laughs> it's been referenced in everything and made fun of and everything. So I feel like I knew every scene before it happened. Um, and plus, I already know the legacy of the movie. So mm. all I could do was watch it as if I'm flicking through an IMDb trivia page in my head. Like, like oh, yeah, that's the scene where mm. that was that character was supposed to be Bill Murray, but yeah. they decided not to be Bill Murray. <laughs> Yeah. Or that's not really whiskey, that's iced tea. Like, I, it was really difficult to watch it like a normal movie. I feel like it would have... Because it's, it's got such a powerful legacy. It's such a cultural, like, groundbreaking landmark. And it has been parodied so much. It would be something akin to watching Psycho now yeah. for the first yeah. time. Very or similar. Godfather, North by Northwest. Any of those movies that are such huge landmarks in cinema yeah. that, uh, that you... You just can't see for the first time. But I will say... Or Star Wars. I think it's very oh yeah. Star Wars-esque. Or Tar Wars. <laughs> That's not That's coming out for months. <laughs> crossover to something that you'll hear in a little while. And uh, yeah, you can do your own <laughs> puzzle there and figure <laughs> out when this was recorded. <laughs> uh, it's. Um, I'll tell you what really came to mind for me was that this. you can clearly see that this was the beginnings of an entire genre of comedy, mm. which I think is cool to watch because the pacing is quite slow. Mm. It's not rapid fire like these kind of movies would later become. It's yeah. kind of measured, very 70s. It's like the jokes play out as they need to play out. It's mainly character-based mm. com- comedy rather than like written joke punchline type yeah. things. Um, and you can see, though, that there are certain key moments in this that would become hallmarks of a genre or even create a genre. Mm. Um, and the genre, of course, I'm talking about is the horny movie genre. The gross-out movie the genre. The gross-out. The frat movie. Mm. The college movie. 
the sex comedy. Yeah, and that in the... I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program. 1980s, just after this movie was released, uh, we'd see stuff like Porky's, Last American Virgin, Uh big movies like that. Revenge of the Nerds. Revenge of the Nerds, which I've never seen. Another Revenge of the Nerds. Um, because I don't want the nerds to come back and take the world from us jocks. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so it's a, a bit of a horror movie for me. That film. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think this movie does it better than all of that could follow it. You think it's better than American Pie? Uh, mm, American Pie is a very important place in my heart, but I think. I'm talking more about the immediate following of the 1980s before oh, right, the, before the... it evolves again. And I think in the no- end of the 90s, early 2000s, th- this genre of films evolves again uh, with Judd Apatow and the American Pie films hmm. really kind of taking over this genre and turning into kind of gross-out sentimental where gross-out is juxtaposed and combined with sentimentality. And I think this film has touches of that as well, which is what a lot of those other films in this genre in the 1980s did not have at all. You know what I'll I'll say too, uh, speaking of gross-out, I was surprised by how not gross-out this movie was. Mm. Because I've read stories and seen in that uh, National Lampoon Stocko that the script was way worse than what ended mm. up on screen. For yeah. This. There was big scenes in the script that were kind of like that meaning of life scene where yeah. everyone's vomiting on each other and stuff yeah. like that. None of that made it into the movie. I mean, and the food fights... I thought the food fight was bigger in my memory. It's yeah. just they yell food fight and that's kind of it. That's the end of the scene is yeah. when they yell food fight. Yeah. 
Um, there's one vomiting scene, I think, in this movie. There's a couple of sex scenes or sex, like, Sexy adjacent scenes. scenes. Yeah. And I think this movie is quite tame for an animal. It's more like, instead of Animal House, it should be called House Kept Animal. Yeah, domestically trained animals. Yeah, animal is allowed in the house. Indoor animal house. Yeah, because it's it's not as wild, as rambunctious as I kind of remembered and I think that's good and it helps it play better now because like we're saying some of these movies later, a lot of the jokes end in a much rapier area. Yeah, this And when has... I say rapier, I'm not talking about <laughs> a pirate swords. <laughs> no, you're yeah. talking about... Uh, sexual what? assault. Like yeah. a lot of comedies in the 80s are like the joke is sexual assault. Yeah. Like Burt Reynolds movies, uh, uh, Porky's, Porky's 2, yeah. uh, Revenge of the Nerds. They all have like scenes that are like rape played as comedy. There's one scene that does that in this movie. Uh, is that the devil? Yeah. Devil angel thing? Yeah, but and then... And you know what? That's an iconic... I knew that was going to come up. Yeah. Because they talk about it in so many things. That there's this, you know, rape scene mm. or like rape debate scene yeah. where he isn't sure whether he should have sex with her once she's passed out or yeah. not. It doesn't 100% hold up, I don't think. I think it's it's pretty like... It holds flawed. up better than it, than I thought it would have watching it now. Because that's a scene Thomas Hulse who plays Lawrence Pinto Kroger and he's with the girl. She passes out from drinking so much and a little devil pops up on his shoulder saying awful things like he should have sex with her Mm -hmm. in a much more disgusting way. Then the angel pops up and convinces him not to. And I think the comedy plays better now than a lot of films that era because the angel wins out and the joke is that this guy's like not going to do anything. This guy's not capable or something like that. He's the gym of this movie. Yeah, he's the gym. He may have the (laughs) thought, but he's never going to let into something awful. Yeah. You know what? That scene actually plays a lot like a comic strip from National Lampoon magazine. Mm. Like it feels like the magazine come to life. Yeah. Um, Let's talk a little bit about National Lampoon. Now these guys, oh my God. Goodness, these guys were some freaking pranksters. Oh, these guys were the original pranksters. These, <laughs> these guys were maniacs. They were ludicrous. They were, can I say it? Hilarious. Oh, God, there was nothing they wouldn't lampoon. They lampooned everything. Level. They started yeah. in Harvard. They lampooned their own freaking university. The Harvard lampoon. Can you imagine lampooning your own oh, university? God, I could not even dare to dream of that. MMA said, you know what? Let's broaden our scope. Let's go national. Let's lampoon everything in America. Oh, God. Where do we even start? Sex. <laughs> Let's lampoon sex. Let's lampoon sex. Let's lampoon politics. Let's lampoon religion. Let's lampoon high school and then let's go back to uni. Yeah, let's end up lampooning uni again. And then in the future, let's lampoon golf. They did so many they lampooned so let's many. Let's lampoon things. vacation. <laughs> <laughs> let's lampoon Van Wilder. Oh god. Let's take Van Wilder down a peg. <laughs> <laughs> there there is an anarchic spirit that mm. these guys have. I, I would like to compare them if I can to, to a summer's day. To there's a few people they remind <laughs> me of. Obviously, the first group that comes to mind when you think of anarchic pranksters yeah. is Broken Lizard. The guys that made Super Troopers. <laughs> <laughs> I was not expecting that. <laughs> uh, but the main one, of course, 
is the jackass boys. Oh, the boys in goo themselves, jackass. <laughs> yeah. Who's the Jason Akuna wee man of uh, <laughs> the original Lampoon crew? Well, let's run through the Lampoon crew first. You've got Doug Kenny. Yeah. He is the mad scientist behind National Lampoon. Mm, so he's probably kind of like um, the Doc Brown. Doc Emmett Brown from. Oh, I thought, from we were compare, I thought we were comparing them to Jackass. Yeah. I'll compare them to any character from any okay, universe. All right, so Doc Kenny, he was the guy. He was the mad scientist who concocted mm. the vibe. So he's it. kind of a Doctor Frankenstein esque. Oh character. my god, you changed him again. <laughs> yeah, Doctor Frankenstein as Doug, Doc, Doc Emmett Brown. And then you've got heaps of other people, and they're kind of like the Avengers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they all bring their own special power. But National Lampoon's. We Weirdly, predates SNL because they did live shows and a radio show, mm. National Lampoon Radio Hour. The Lampoon fucking radio. <laughs> Lampoon radio, dude. I mean, and that's not unlike what I guess we're doing sometimes. That's true. And they they cast their actors from the improv groups around mm. Chicago. And who yeah. should some of those actors be? Some of them should be John Belushi. John Belushi. Bill Murray. Bill Murray. Gilda Radner. Brian Doyle Murray. Oh, the brothers Chevy Blue. Chase. <laughs> Chevy Chase. Daniel Aykroyd. And... Ivan Reitman. Harold Ramis. Harold Ramis. And... Well, Ivan Reitman, I'm, I meant Harold Ramis, not <laughs> Ivan Reitman. And many others. So... Mm. SNL effectively poached all of these people from National Lampoon mm. in order to make their own brand. So, I mean, we're talking some serious fucking comedy legacy here. Yeah, this is it. This, this is, is the... the beginnings of everything. If if the madman himself, Doug Kenny, mm. hadn't decided to make this Lampoon go national, yeah. we would have no Mike Myers. I can't imagine what comedy would be like without it. I actually I can't. Can't actually imagine. I well, what comedy would have been being made around the time of this shit? Like, fucking Bob Hope movies, <laughs> <laughs> Road to <laughs> Road to movies, just fucking Martin and Lewis, Martin Lewis kind of stuff like that. Probably, probably the comedy would probably be very Jerry Lewis heavy without these like, guys. I love Lucy. I love Lucille Balls. <laughs> I mean, that's weird. That's Probably the a lot kind of, stuff of shit that like, would still be on TV today like if the these TV, guys Like All done. in the Family kind of stuff yeah, where man. it's like very special comedy and stuff. Yeah. I think uh, this if this shook things up a little bit, one might say. This is kind of like the James Bond of movies. Well, these Shaken, <laughs> not stirred. These are the guys that said, you know what? Let's let the lunatics run the asylum. <laughs> <laughs> It was a bunch of frat kids mucking around within the establishment, mm. making fun of the man and making money for the man at the same time. Yeah, this movie was quite profitable. If you had invested into this movie, you certainly would have got a nice chunk of change <laughs> to retire upon. Do you know this bit of trivia about Donald Sutherland? No. Who, Donald Sutherland is obviously in this movie. He has a cameo appearance as a lecturer who's like a kind of a hippy-dippy lecturer. And he's really funny in it. He's fantastic. I love Donald Sutherland. He's great. He... um. He was offered $35,000 for his cameo plus 30% of the back end of the Whoa, movie. 30%. And he said, you know what? This movie's going to be a flop. Just give me 50K and don't give me any percentage on this My movie. God. He <laughs> and been so, so rich. as a result, he lost like $30 million oh that he would have made. <laughs> 
my God. Do you know how he actually got to be part of this film? I know. John Landis, the director, was a production assistant on Kelly's Heroes, starring Donald Sutherland. And he became quite close with Donald Sutherland during the making of that film because he was basically the babysitter for Kiefer Sutherland. Oh, whoa. Yeah, so that's how he kind of called in the favour for this film. And I bet when he was looking after baby Kiefer Sutherland, he said, baby Kiefer... uh there's only 24 hours in a day, and unfortunately, we've reached your bedtime. And Baby Keith went, okay. <laughs> There's something in this. There's something, There's something there. in this idea. <laughs> I think that I'm going to hang on to that for about 40 years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. There's, uh, I mean, there's so many myth- myths around how this movie got made. Apparently, it never would have been made had Donald Sutherland not signed on yeah. to be, have a cameo well, in it. He's a big star. I had heard also that um, the executive producer on it had just hired an an intern a young intern mm. to work within the studio and the intern you know was reading scripts or whatever and it was this young kid who yeah. suggested they make this movie cuz it was the only one he gave a shit about yeah. in the pile of scripts. Wow. There's so much myth regarding it. Belushi was making SNL at the same time. I think mm. he was th- on season, season three. Season three would be, He yeah. was flying back and forth from wow. New York City. Not to unlike this, uh, Mike and Dana on Wayne's World 1. There's a lot... A lot of myths uh, surrounding it, but the main myth that I'd like to officially confirm as true is that this movie invented partying. Yeah. Yeah. This movie officially rocks. It rocks, man. It I- rocks my freaking socks on. Yeah, you're, yeah, wow, wearing socks. <laughs> yeah. I, can, I, can, I can say that. You're wearing socks. Yeah. Um, I think what makes this movie so special is that kind of John Belushi quality that I was talking about before, where it is very broad jokes, but it's grounded in this kind of naturalistic nostalgia yeah. for the, the time period. Because like it, it's, it's a period set, film. It's set in set, the 60s. Yeah, set 10 years before. It doesn't have to be set there. But I think grounding in that time, using that kind of popular music from the time uh, and the fashion of that mm. time grounds it a little bit to make it a little bit more sentimental, nostalgic. Yeah. And I think that works really well with making this more than a sketch movie. It does feel more like what would become of films by people more like Richard Linklater. It like kind of reminds feels me more of something um, like that than I ever remembered it being. Or like American Graffiti. American Graffiti, Which yeah. is also set in 62. Yeah. So there's obviously a clear sentimentality for that year. Yeah. And you know, you know why? Because the following year was when JFK was assassinated. Mm. So this is the last... Era of innocence American, in American culture. This movie's not so innocent, if you ask me. No. But, you know, JFK is referenced in this movie as well. Yeah. Do you know something I find kind of interesting? I read this a little while ago, and I think we talked about it when we talked about um, Saturday Night Fever on our other podcast, mm. uh, was that at the time this movie was made, Greek fraternity culture was way out of vogue. Yeah. It was really uncool. It hadn't been cool for like 15, 20 wow, years. Yeah. The whole generation of kids had gone through uni or college since the sixties without having any hazing or frats or being part of that culture. Mm. But this movie made it cool again wow. and is the reason that frats still exist. Like they died off. This movie brought them back. God. And or a lot of the hazing that you see in this movie is pure invention but is now part of frat mm. culture. Like the paddles, the togas, wow. all that shit is not real. It's just stuff that the writers came up with because they thought it was ridiculous and hilarious. Yeah. And now real frats that exist in America 
just do this stuff as if it's <laughs> their history. That's insane. <laughs> it's invented history. It's wow. like rewritten college I didn't know that. Lore. Really interesting shit, man. That's so interesting um, because that's like some of the f- funnier moments in the film is all this stuff. And it's, I think it's funnier to know that it was invented. It was fake. To- yeah. There was no toga parties. That wasn't a thing in the 60s. But now it is. Like we have toga parties all the time, you and me. I always throw them. Yeah. Always throwing toga parties. I my natural state is to wear a toga. Yeah. Yeah. It is. I'm you not look, wearing one right now. Yeah, you, you do look uncomfortable. You don't look natural right now. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I famously... Uh, um, there's something interesting that we've... When we were researching this film today that we discovered that um, it, its ties to SNL are even more clear because at one point, the actors that were to star in this film were to originally be Chevy Chase as Otter, Bill Murray as Boone, Brian Doyle Murray as Hoover, Dan Aykroyd as D-Day, and John Belushi as Bluto. As soon as I read that, made sense. I can see all of those Mm -hmm. people Mm -hmm. in those roles. I think with them in it, it might have been a much funnier movie for it. Uh But I think having all these kind of unknown at the time actors who are kind of recognizable now, a lot of them, those guys are recognizable as kind of modern day character actors and stuff, older gentlemen. Mm -hmm. But I think having those unknown actors in it adds a a sense of authenticity that I really like that this movie has. That I think if it had all been these old, bald guys, (laughs) it might not have had. Yeah, I don't know if I agree with you there. I think maybe my love for SNL mm. just makes me wish I could see that movie now. Oh, yeah, it would be a bigger movie. I mean, like, you're it would a, be insane. You're essentially film. like describing fucking Caddyshack. Like, it's yeah. the same thing. Yeah. It's just, let's get all these people I like and put them in a movie where they get to be stupid. Yeah. But I think maybe I would like to see all those guys mucking around in college. I would love it. It would make a Stone Cold... So which character was Chevy going to play? That was the... Uh, I think He's also, the, like, ladies' man Yeah, I think guy. the ladies' man That makes guy. sense. Yeah. I like the guy that they got. What's his name again? Charles... Uh... Uh, Tim Matheson. Tim Ma- I like Tim Matheson. Yeah. He's good in it, and he's quite funny and, like, smarmy and stuff. Mm. But, che- like, Chevy is that as well. Chevy is that. I yeah. don't see um, Brian, uh, Bill Murray as Boone so much because Boone doesn't get a hell of a lot to do. In and especially because Boone is the most straight naturalistic character. Who's, yeah. All he has is just, uh, he's com- he has commitment phobia. Yeah. Basically is his whole thing. And he doesn't really have many jokes to say. No. And I think it would have been a, Bill Murray would have done something with that role, I'm sure. Yeah. But I guess can't imagine it because I... I, I like the naturalism of that character, how it's like not an out-and-out comedy character. I think yeah. for me, what I surprised me on this viewing is that this movie is not as broad as I remember and it is not out-and-out out a sketch comedy movie. Mm. It is more that slice of life with big, broad gags. Yeah. But otherwise, not just gags, not even comedy set pieces until the end, really. It's pretty much just because John Landis is a real filmmaker. Yeah. And this movie looks really pretty as well. That's yeah, it kind looks of what great. I was, it looks so nice. It looks very 70s. Like, yeah. it's dated, but I think he's just clearly a great filmmaker who doesn't want to make shit comedies. Mm. Like, Blues Brothers, which we've already watched, is gorgeous as well. Yeah. And has a great style about it. And it's not, like, a dumb comedy. It's quite... It looks like a real film. Yeah. It's it's pretty it's pretty crazy because 
just the way that these films kind of live in our culture without being able to go back and see them all the time. Just kind of yeah. how they how they actually are and what their legend is. There's a couple of other actors that I think we should kind of shout out a little bit. Uh, Thomas Hulse as well, who plays Pinto. He's mm-hmm. one of the leads of the film. He's great in this film, playing kind of like a weedy nerd character. Yeah. Who obviously would go on to some really cool things. With Am- He's a star of Amadeus. He plays Mozart in Amadeus. Oh, really? Yeah, that's him, Thomas Hulse. Mozart. He would also go on to be in the, t- the movie Parenthood, uh, mm. the original version with Jason oh, Robards, yeah. plays yeah, yeah, one yeah. of the sons. Uh, then, of course, um, the great... Karen Allen. Oh, I was hoping you'd bring her up. Oh, I, she's good. Ha, she's amazing in this movie. She's just good in everything. She's so good. I could watch her in, in literally anything. Even Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, which is a real piece of shit. I think she does so good at in the movies that she's in. There's, there's not enough, which is insane, because I think she's one of the best actors. One of my favorite actors ever. Yep. She's amazing in Indiana Jones. She's great in this that movie Starman that we talked about mm. on the podcast ages ago. She's amazing in that film. But I think she brings like this quality to small films like this and The Wanderers where she just kind of elevates the material by just fully committing and believing to it, believing it and making it believable. I mean, that character could be, if it was cast differently, it would have been a really unlikable, could forgettable be a nag. character. Yeah, it would have could been be a, nag. a real shit character. But she's just Even if it was cast with one of the girls that plays one of the sorority sisters. They're all so funny in this as well. Yeah, it's but so if it was that type of performer, yeah. you wouldn't give a shit about the character. No. You'd be like, oh good, I'm glad they've broken up. Yeah, <laughs> but she's just like, brings like this fucking charisma to it that's just unmatched. Yeah, she's awesome. She's fabulous in this. I, I really, really like her. She's always stayed in my mind from this film. Um, but more so than her... I gotta say that John Vernon as Dean Vernon Wormer <laughs> is maybe the best villain in any comedy ever. I would say better, better than Doctor Evil, better than Mugatu. This he is amazing in this movie. This is one, I think one of the best performances in a comedy film. Better than Doctor Evil. Better than Doctor Evil because he's so scary in this yeah. movie. But you're afraid of authority. Ah, oh, famously, I shrivel at the stuff. <laughs> Does it remind you of a teacher from school or something? What does he remind you? Uh, of? Just he he just perfectly captures that authority figure. Yeah, and I think it's heightened by Landis's camera and Elmer Bernstein's music mm. to a level of like <clears throat> Darth Vader type or Grand Moff Tarkin from Star Wars, where he's like a very classical villain. <laughs> Like just just because it's like a all encompassing with music, camera, yeah. and performance, and it's just so serious. He has funny lines, but it's that <laughs> Leslie Nelson thing where he doesn't break and is just in a different movie playing a real villain. <laughs> I just think it's I am I was flabbergasted by it, and because it kind of this character haunted him for the rest of his life, really, because he was a very serious character. Yeah. He plays like the mayor in um, Dirty Harry, and he's right. like plays a lot of characters not unlike this. <laughs> figure in other films but like for the rest of his life teens forever were just calling him Dean Wormer <laughs> and just because and he just he, he's incredible in this movie what do, you, do you not agree with me no I think he was good I guess I just didn't think about it as much as you I I was more just going oh when's Bluto on screen yeah. next when when are they gonna when's old mate gonna get laid finally when are they gonna party again I was more thinking about that but you've watched it more than me so you've mm. got you know, you're watching it with layers. You're with peeling layers. back the layers and going, yeah. let's analyze 
the Dean's performance this time. Yeah, I just... Uh, I'm not there yet. I'm still looking at the tits and the party. Oh, That's man. I just... I think that it's just one of the best performances. I just love that characterization. Well, next viewing, I'll, I swear to God, I'll, I'll view it as if he is Darth Vader. The lead. I just... It just <laughs> struck me this time. Just loved it. I loved it. I think that's the best performance in the movie for me. I still think I would have you liked loved to Kevin have seen Bacon. an SNL cast member. Yeah, who would you cast in that role? Any SNL cast member of all time in there. Of all time? Yeah, you can choose any. <sighs> Daryl Hammond. I mean, he's the, of course, <laughs> Daryl Hammond. Yeah, he's because he's old. He was forever old. Yeah. Yeah, no, probably Michael, Michael McKeon. Oh, that's good. He would that's be good. good. Right? He'd he's be great. A, he's good at playing villains. I'd cast Mike Myers as Doctor <laughs> Evil. <laughs> Just have Doctor Evil up there the whole time. Right. So let's get the beta house closed down. Um, here's a really bad piece of trivia for you, because this was a hit, a surprise hit. Did you know that it was? Uh, spun off into a TV show. Yeah, I did know it was a TV show. <laughs> it lasted one season or something, or yeah. not even a full season. Um, there's it's called Delta House. Delta House. I remember. I think only one character is in both. Right, one actor is it Bruce McGillis D Day? I think he's. Oh, uh, possibly. Yeah, I think he's the only one because I remember reading about it when I was obsessed with the movie then, and it was like one trivia that stuck stood out for me. Fuck, you just unlocked it in my head. <laughs> it's not relevant to this podcast at all, but about yeah. that, um, the actor Zero Mostel, yeah. his son was cast as Bluto <laughs> okay. in the in the TV yeah. show. And when his son came up to him to tell Zero Mostel the good news, Zero Mostel was still, at the time, extremely upset and very salty that he did not get the lead role in Fiddler on the Roof that he originated on Broadway. Right. They got the actor who played it on the English West End Topol yep. to play it and he screamed at his son well surely Topol's son's gonna get it instead of you <laughs> what a piece of shit yeah. <laughs> this is one of those things that's just always been in the back of my mind oh, what an absolute piece <laughs> of shit fuck if I ever have a son or a daughter I swear to god I'll never treat you that way <laughs> yeah I'll never be jealous I'll raise you up I'll help you if you get it Success in your life, I will praise that success and I will give you a kiss right on the forehead and say I'm proud of you. Wow, Cameron, you're a wonderful father. <laughs> <laughs> um, wasn't that a weird period in, of time when people started adapting hit movies into mm. TV shows? Yeah. And they never lasted. No. There was the Ferris Bueller one. There's a Serpico TV show. <laughs> Why did yeah. they do this <laughs> There's shit? just all these weird things. <laughs> it's so bad. Yeah. I mean, it kind of, does it happen now? I mean, there's a Limitless TV show. <laughs> there's a Limitless show. There's Teen Wolf. There's so, there are heaps actually. Yeah. It still happens, I guess. Thank God. Uh, Fargo, one of the Fargo, only good ones. Yeah, one of the only good ones. It's it's pretty crazy. Which Mike Myers movies would you like to see adapted into a TV show? And I you think... can't say the Gong Show, which we know <laughs> comes from the Tommy Maitland. I movie. think Mystery Alaska could generally be a good TV show. Yeah, that actually could be. a That good could one. be a generally good TV show because it's already like um, Northern Exposure, yeah. where it's kind of a weird. It would be Friday Night Lights meets Northern Exposure. Yeah, I think that would generally be a good TV show. Yeah. Either that or. Um, 54 could be like a cool TV show. I would watch 54. Yeah. 50. And if Mike Myers agreed to be Steve Rubell again, but oh, yeah. only in like, say he's in like six out of the 16 episodes. Yeah. yeah. He's in the pilot, He'd be which in the is pilot. feature length. Yeah. 
<laughs> feature length pilot. It is just the movie, and then episode two, everyone's thirty years older. <laughs> I think yeah, that would be cool. What else? Anything? Uh, I, I really wish that that Austin Powers cartoon existed. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah, if Austin Powers was a cartoon. That could be good. I think that would have been pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I think that about brings us up to the end. Well, I guess I have two questions to yep. to ask you at the end here. First question would be: At any point during the one hundred and forty three minutes that this movie runs, one hundred nine minutes. <laughs> It's long. It is long. I will grant you that. It is a long movie. Did you feel a stirring in your nether regions and have to admit to yourself, I'm horny? Um, yeah. There's a lot of boobies in this movie. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, a lot of sex going, a lot of boobies. I'm like, yeah, this is this is the good stuff. It made me horny for my own experiences of these things when I was a youth. <laughs> You know what about your current experiences with these things? Not happening. Not oh, happening. Just dude. I am now. Um, they say if you don't use it, you lose it. <laughs> and, uh, you're not, you're I'm a virgin. Again. Are you really? I'm full blown virgin again. Did yes. you lose it? I lost my virginity many years ago, and then you used it. it I used it up, and it grew back. <laughs> <laughs> you used up your mojo. I used up my entire mojo. Second question. Do you think this is the best SNL movie? Well, it's not an SNL movie. It's an MNL movie. National Lampoon movie. Do you think it's the best movie? Yeah. Full stop. (laughs) (laughs) I think it is one of the best comedies ever. I would say that. This is a five-star movie. Of all the films that we've ever reviewed on Mic Check, this would be my top three. Wayne's World, Austin won this. Holy smokes. I would say it's in the top three. Well, I can't wait till we get to do the ladies, man, and you can add another one. <laughs> you can, see your top you can knock the top three down. <laughs> yeah. Tim Meadows, what about you? Did you get um Horny. erection? I didn't get an erection, but uh, <laughs> Oh come on, man. I got super wet. Really? Yeah, 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 yeah. Real wow. slick. You got slick? I got slick down You're there. A little yeah. slick rick. Yeah, I got slick little pickle rick down there. And uh, <laughs> Oh no. <laughs> Yeah, dude, I love Rick and Marty. Yeah, Marty, 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 (laughs) and uh, and yeah, I do think it's really good. I think it's it's probably it was hard for me to watch it because I've seen it be parodied so much and referenced so much, but I did still really enjoy all the performances in it. Do I wish that it had Chevy and Bill and Brian Doyle and Dan in it? Kinda, Mm. but I'll never get to see that movie, so I'm going to enjoy what I've got, which is this one. Wow. Hell yeah, dude. Hell yeah, dude. Well, that brings us to the another end of an episode on Mic Check, the films, the podcast where we go through the entire films that are comedies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, thanks so much for chatting with me about this movie. Uh, is there anything we need to plug? There are a few things we should be plugging. Uh, number one, we might be doing a live Mic Check again very soon. If you are in Sydney and you think you would like to come see us do a live episode, mm-hmm. can you please tweet at us or Facebook at us and let us know? Because mm. <laughs> I think it would be really funny and I think you guys would like to come, but we, we need to know. Yeah, it's been a while right since we've thing. done it. It's been it. a while, yeah. We'd just love to know if you guys around the Sydney area would like us to see another Mic Check live episode. We have a good idea for what movie we would do and some guests as well. But give us an idea if you're interested in coming to see that sort of thing and we will definitely... 
go ahead with it. What else should we be plugging? We've got a brand new podcast called Total Reboot with Cameron James and Alexi Toliopoulos where we talk about and compare and contrast reboots, remakes and rip-offs in cinema. Right now we are in the middle of a very special Star Wars mini-series mm. where we're talking about each era of Star Wars. We've done some great episodes already on Jumanji, Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle, <laughs> Mummy, Mummy movies, <laughs> stuff like that. But it's real fun. I think you guys would really love it if you haven't checked it out yet. Check it out. And uh, hey, while you're over there on iTunes, why don't you dip back on over to the mic check mm. page and give us five fucking stars. And in your five fucking star review leave us the name title and concept for what you'd like our next super specific actor-based spin-off podcast to be for example chevy chase chasing the yankee dollar where we look at chevy chase's rise and inevitable fall from box office hero to zero yes another oh. one could be hero to zero <laughs> the movies of zero mustel <laughs> Famous actor of uh, the Catskills comic uh, and, and the, Bad Dad. And the producers. And the producers. And talk to us on Twitter at I am at This Is Alexi. I'm, I am Cameron James, and we're both of those things on Instagram as well. Talk to us at Mike Check Pod or on Facebook, or you can email us. You have all the details. Mm-hmm. And the most important thing is just to go out there and be freaking horny and be freaking hilarious. Be funny, sexy, cool in your everyday life, and great things shall come to you. It's my check, it's my check, the podcast that Mike buys. And we're clear. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.